and today I have the pleasure of speaking with the new Executive Director of Boss Global, Mark Uren. How are you today, sir? Oh, very well. Uh, thank you, Steve, and thanks for having me on. Not a problem. Thank you for joining us. Would you like to tell us a bit more about your appointment and why you've been made up to an Executive Director from a non-Executive Director, please? Sure. So, for those first-time listeners, Boss uh, is a company that's really dedicated to making workplaces more productive, and, and we're releasing a suite of products that uh, are aimed to do that. And at this point of the evolution of the company, uh, it was time for me to move from a, a more advisory, non-executive position and into the business proper, and I've taken on the role of Group Chief Operating Officer. And that's really the reason for making the change, is to now uh, build the organisational capability in behind the products and, and Michael Travia's vision for Boss Global. So, in relation to sort of current workload for yourself then, could you touch further on that for us, please? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm pleased to say that I'm enjoying, enjoying being here in London and uh, meeting with uh, potential resellers and partners for uh, our two uh, focus products at the moment, Boss Meet and Boss Automate, and um, really just trying to uh, get a, a clear understanding of the value that um, they're expecting to see from our product and the value we bring to their businesses. So that's very immediately what I'm doing. Uh, of course, we are pleased to be still on on track to deliver uh, BOSS time and BOSS 360 work patterns in May and so also letting people understand how that brings uh, real life um, to our vision for this, um, um, this set of products. You've drawn down a lot less amount than the full amount that you're allowed to do so could you sort of elaborate on why you've drawn down less and how that fits in with the sort of reprogramming and regeneration of the work? Yes, yeah, certainly. So I think there's uh, a need for a little bit of clarity for uh, for people around the DJ Convertible Note. Firstly, as a group CLO, uh, we're very comfortable with the arrangement that we have with DJ. And there's a couple of reasons why that's the case. Uh, sort of fairly normal practice for convertible notes to carry interest, and, and we don't with the DJ Convertible Note. Uh, we're on a fixed conversion rate. Um, and so there's certainty about uh, the, the price in which we are converting shares. And in terms of the current announcement, it's at our discretion uh, to whether or not we take the, um, the full amount of the drawdown or not. And it's pleasing for us that we are now positive from a revenue point of view. And it seems to me to be prudent for us to use less of that drawdown if we can. It's less dilutive for shareholders generally. Uh, and it leaves us with some reserves if we then want to, to um, accelerate particular programs. So effectively, the products that you are currently marketing, which is only two out of the four, and obviously the main one being the Boss Global 360 work pattern, are the people that are interested in your company going to be seeing a profit when it comes to things like quarterly and half-yearly reporting, and is that the way you're going to let the investors know? Well, I think that we've got a, a set of uh, forecasts that came into our admission document, and pre, uh, I, would, I would say that we are uh, comfortable with those forecasts. That's probably as much as I can say. Our agreements are commercial in confidence, so there is, there is some limits to what I can uh, speak about. 
Okay, touching obviously on the market update beginning of February in reference to the 75 interest held in the copper range. And obviously you've said that you are looking towards sales of the CRSA tenements or that section of the company as a whole. Could you sort of touch further on what that means for shareholders and for the sort of wider working aim of Boss Global? Yeah, so look, as a, as a consequence of uh, coming into the market by the Forte transaction, uh, we've uh, possessed some assets in South Australia in, in uh, the Copper Range vehicle. Uh, we're a software company, we're not a miner, and we see it's beneficial to shareholders if, if we go to market and uh, sell those assets. We've engaged uh, RSM out of Perth, who are experts in mining, to assist us with the process of disposal of those assets. So for us, it's about focus, um, and it's also about making sure we receive a fair value for those uh, those tenements. So that asset will move off our books. Uh, we'll get some injection of funds, which again helps support the development of, of the core products that we're taking to market. So in, in relation to upcoming news flow, you've obviously got the release of your Boss Global 360 and the sort of secondary work platform that sort of rolls in between the lot of them. What sort of other news are we expecting? Look, Steve, I think that it would be, be fair to say that, that Michael and I are absolutely focused on the generation of subscriptions um, for products. Uh, we, uh, we don't want to pre-announce things, obviously, but uh, we're, we're getting some very positive feedback uh, from the work that we're doing in that uh, the boss meet and the boss automate space. Uh, and so we're, we're hopeful that we'll be able to provide some, uh, some announcements around take-up of subscriptions of those two products. And that's really for us a, a platform, um, again, to make 360 work patterns real because we would certainly expect uh, those clients that are engaging with us on Meet and Automate would be naturally taking up the, the 360 work patterns when that product becomes available. I've had a quick look through the new shareholder presentation that you released last week. What are your thoughts yes. in regards, obviously, to that presentation? And what are your sort of key highlights in there? So I think we, uh, we're trying to uh, pull together a couple of themes that relate to workplace innovation. And the, the publication is really there to start with a theme around how digital technologies can help transform, transform the workplace. And for me, the important aspect of that is firstly around innovation, and so not just innovation of our product, but how that innovation can uh, free individuals and teams to do more productive work or work more efficiently. And I think the second thing that we're really uh, trying to explain through that document is that Automation is at the front of people's minds and, and we're really trying to explain a little bit about how automation of the knowledge worker uh, can assist organisations in achieving their goals and it, it may be as simple as understanding how long you're spending in meetings, how long you're working on emails, um, how long you're uh, spending in creating a document or, or producing some sort of artefact for the organisation. And I think there's a couple of other thoughts around the, the, the potential of the market because we see the market as being very, very large and that our, our product has really broad appeal uh, for anybody who's involved in working in a knowledge organisation. 
In regards to the sales strategy, obviously I spoke with Michael Trevia uh, towards the end of last year, and we highlight the fact that this product can be integrated onto every platform as a service. Is your strategy going directly to business clients, or are they approaching you, or are you going to be going directly to the manufacturers, for instance, Oracle, SAP, Sage, etc.? So I think from a sales strategy perspective, the first thing that we want to reinforce is that we intend to, to go to market through partners. And the reason why we've decided to do that is that for each particular segment and each particular industry, there's certain expertise required to be able to make full value of, of the platform as we've as we built it. So we, we go to market is through partners. And that says, so from a sales strategy point of view, um, we will be engaging with people that we think can get benefit for their clients by using our product set. And that could be a professional services organisation, it could be a, a major vendor, it could be uh, any organisation that sees uh, the value in evidence-based collection of people's activities. Uh, I think the other thing that is fair to say is that because we are in the early stages, that we'll be heavily involved with our partners in developing those opportunities for their end user clients. So that's very broadly the, the sales strategy. Uh, we see some segments that are very obvious targets for us, and that would be uh, you know firms like accounting firms or legal firms, those organisations that spend their time uh, working um, through a digital space. Are the sort of partner client model then, in regards to that, with the licensing of the product, is it aimed at a different cost to a different sized company? So for instance, if it's a small company with 100 people in and they like your product, is it going to be a lot smaller fee for that license as opposed to a big multinational corporation, for instance, Tesco or a bank? where they might end up having to pay many times more? Yeah, so software pricing is a very interesting art form. Uh, at the moment, we've set a standard set of uh, license fees irrespective of the size of the organisation. And our view is at the moment that for the capability that we're offering, uh, we've got a very, very competitive price point. And so I think today uh, we can make a competitive offer to a small and medium enterprise and I think that we're also positioned to make a very cost effective offer to a major enterprise. So uh, we, we think our pricing structure is correct and that it should be uniform. In regards to looking at other products in a similar sort of working environment, what are your sort of biggest risks do you believe going forwards? Uh, you, uh, do sorry to qualify. Do you mean competitive threats from from products in the same space? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the first um, the first observation that we would make is that most of the the products that are competing with us are not standalone products. You'll have to buy other uh, supporting technologies to make them implementable, and we see that as being a fairly big difference um, in our product set. Um, the fact that we can integrate with uh, most pretty much every platform that you might want to use also makes us more attractive as a as a technology to come into a business. 
I think that the challenge for all organisations that are in this space is to remain innovative about how the products are really providing value uh, to the clients that are using them. So uh, it's certain, certainly we have, a, we have a view that it's a marketplace that requires a lot of effort to be successful. Uh, but I think the way in which we've architected our product suite um, gives us an advantage over the competition. Would you like to add anything further there, please? Uh, I, I, I guess for those uh, those people that might be interested in following Boss, would want to leave with a few thoughts that if you're really interested in workplace innovation, we've got some very interesting things planned, and and I think we'd be worth following for that reason. I think that if you've got an interest in how automation is going to affect the knowledge worker space, we'd be pretty interesting to to follow for that reason. And I think finally, if, if anybody out there from a, a private sector or government sector's perspective is feeling pressure to improve yield, improve productivity, improve efficiency, I think that we would be a fairly interesting uh, organisation to follow. Mark, it's been a pleasure speaking to you today. Thank you very much for your time and I look forward to speaking to you in the future. Uh, thank you, Steve.